0: All right, if you take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 2, Proverbs chapter 2. Good to see these people tuning in online. God willing, we'll be expounding verses 16 and 17 tonight. The title of the message is, Smooth Words on a Rough Road. past several weeks we've been learning about the road or the the paths of judgment that God's laid out for us in His Word. We've learned that these paths are paths of safety. We learned that God guards these paths. He patrols them. But they're not only paths of safety. Solomon tells us they're paths of deliverance as well sad truth is we have a lot of enemies in this world that are seeking to destroy our souls. The Bible says that the the devil, Jesus said, the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And if our enemies can't destroy our souls, then they will seek to destroy some aspect of our life. And sometimes they're successful in doing so. If we walk in the path of this world, then we make ourselves vulnerable to the snares laid out to us by these enemies. But if we'll walk in the paths that God's laid out for us, His paths of judgment, then we'll be delivered from the enemies that seek to harm us. If you would look with me back in verse 12, please, for some comparison purposes tonight. In verse 12, Solomon said, God has given you these paths of discretion and understanding to, quote, deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaks forward things. And we studied that a couple of weeks ago. And now in verse 16, in comparison, we we learned about about these paths delivering us from the evil man that speaks forward words. And now in verse 16, Solomon tells us that God gave you these paths to deliver thee from the strange woman. And this word strange in the passage doesn't mean the woman's weird. Hmm? It doesn't mean she's crazy. It means she's strange in the sense of being unknown to you, especially in a sexual sense. But so, but it has the idea of being unknown. Stranger, danger, that kind of thing. Someone you don't know, that's a stranger there. We do, we're not familiar with this person. And so this woman's not familiar to you in that sense. If you remember when the Bible spoke about Adam and Eve, in a sexual sense it said Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived. The Greek word translated strange here. It's kind of neat. It has the idea of turning off the highway to get a lodging place. So so bringing it up to 2022, it would have the idea of you're going down the interstate on your way to point B, you know, from A to B. And you're on your way to your destination and you exit off the interstate, off your designated path. So you can get a hotel. That's the idea of this Greek word here. Now when you're on a road trip. And you exit the interstate. And you spend that night in the hotel. Then you're turning off your designated path. To stay in a room. That's not yours. You see it's not your home. You're staying in a strange place. And that's why this woman is described as a strange woman. The room is not your home. The woman is not your wife. The wisdom of God, Solomon says, will deliver you from the danger of turning off the designated path that God laid out for you. For your your sexual life, for your family life. In order to be with a woman that's not yours. It will deliver you from that exit to destruction. So the first thing we learn in this verse is that a strange woman is an enemy that men need to be delivered from. It's not someone exciting that we want to meet. She's an enemy you need to be delivered from. She is a dangerous villain that will bring harm to the life of any man, especially to the child of God. And based on these principles of exiting off the designated path. And staying in a room that's not yours. You also apply that to any gender. Right? So so not only is exiting off God's designated path in his word. To stay with a woman that's not yours. Wrong. But also uh, exiting off the designated path to be with a man that's not yours would be wrong. You're still in a strange place. So this verse teaches us, when you're thinking of lodging in a strange place, this verse teaches us that anything we obtain by departing from God's ordained path is sin. And thus harmful to your life. Let me repeat that again. Anything that you obtain by departing from God's ordained path Is sin. A lot of times people think. Well I got what I wanted. It has to be okay. If you had to exit off the road. God laid out for you. It's not okay. It doesn't matter what you got. It's how you got it that counts. And if you got it. Well let me give you a prime example. Alright. Let's say I need $20. For a few gallons of gas. Well, I can either work for it or I can steal for it. And I could say, well, it's, it's still got $20. Nothing wrong with $20. No, there's nothing wrong with $20. It's how you got that $20, right? You exited off God's ordained path. Thou shalt not steal. In other words, you can't take that exit. Right? That's right, Hannah. And so anything that you obtain by... Departing from God's ordained path is sin and it's harmful to your life. Adam and Eve obtained fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They also obtained the knowledge of good and evil. But how did they obtain it? They obtained it by departing from the path God ordained for them. From the very beginning, the devil has used Strangeness as a means to allure, deceive, and destroy the people of God. And he uses strangeness to destroy people today. Strangeness. The strange woman. Something that doesn't belong to you. That's how the devil allures you. Turn with me, if you would, to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, it's fascinating to study the tactics of your enemy, isn't it? The strange woman. Genesis chapter 2 will be in verse 16 and 17. Watch this. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Now that's a lot of freedom, isn't it? Every tree you want, Adam, you can freely eat. Every one. Sky's the limit. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he says in verse 17, Thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So Adam and Eve could freely eat of every tree in the garden, except that one tree that wasn't meant for them to eat. Out of all those trees they could eat in that garden, guess which tree they wanted? The strange one. The strange one. They didn't want the tree that that uh, that belonged to them. The trees that belonged to them. They wanted the tree that didn't belong to them. And like the strange woman. That tree took them. And slew them. It brought death. It was an enemy. They took the fruit by departing from the path God gave them. God had given them his word. To deliver them from the strange tree. But they exited off the path God laid out for them to lay hold of what did not belong to them. And it gave them what God never intended for them to have, sin and death. God gave us His Word to deliver us as well. He gave them His Word to deliver them from the strange tree. God gave us His Word to deliver us from the strange woman or from the strange whatever. In this case, the strange woman. Or man that doesn't belong to us. The person God did not intend for us to be with, to keep us from harm, He did not intend for us to have. Listen to what God says to husbands and wives in 1 Corinthians 7, 3-5. through 5. If you're taking notes, you might want to write that down in the margin of your Bible. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 3-5. through 5. God says, let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence. Also, likewise, and and likewise also the wife unto the husband. So he says, the husband renders to the wife due benevolence. Don't withhold yourself from your wife. And likewise, he says, wife, don't withhold yourself from your husband. He says, the wife has not power of her own body but the husband. And likewise also, the husband has not power of his own body, but the wife. He says, defraud you not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. And once you fast and prayed, he says, come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. And plainly speaking, in metaphoric terms to the age groups he's saying wives husbands in your intimate relationship together don't defraud one another you don't have the right to say no and neither does he or she or whatever and when you do make sure it's on a mutual consent for spiritual reasons whatever and then once that time is gone with mutual consent then y'all don't deprive yourself of one another's intimacy any longer because if you do you may be tempted to depart from the path to the strange woman or the strange man now think about that just a moment just think about it just a moment the husband doesn't have power over his body the wife doesn't have power over her body you know what God was saying there through the apostle Paul those husbands and wives he's saying of every tree of your husband and wife you may freely eat but of the tree of a strange man or woman you shall not eat of it lest you die that's what he's saying he's saying you have ultimate freedom in the marital relationship just like in the garden but not For the person that I did not intend for you to have. Not for the strange person. Look in Proverbs 2.18. Now, 2.18. We're going to skip ahead just a verse and sneak into next week. In Proverbs 2.18, speaking of the strange woman, Solomon said, For her house inclineth unto what? Death. In her paths unto the dead. When when Lucifer wanted to be God. He was exiting off the path God gave him. Attempting to take what did not belong to him. When he presented himself as God to those angels who followed him. He was lodging in a strange place. That led to death. You see? When Adam ate the fruit, he was lodging in a strange place that led to death. And when we join up with someone who is not our spouse, we are lodging in a strange place that leads to death. This is why God gave us wisdom in the Scriptures. To deliver us from lodging in strange places. Look back in your text now. Even from the stranger which flattereth with her words. The Greek word translated flatterer here. Or flattereth means to be smooth. Remember smooth words on a rough road? That's what flattereth means to be smooth. The the strange woman or man is a smooth talker. Just think about the serpent in the Garden of Eden. He was a smooth talker, wasn't he? (laughs) He told Eve everything she wanted to hear. Everything she needed to stroke her pride and promise her something better than the path God had to offer her. Sin is a smooth talker. It will promise you all the benefits And deny all the side effects. (laughs) Think about that. That's what sin does. That's what the devil did to Adam and Eve. The devil promised all the benefits. You'll know good and evil. Now that was true. They ended up knowing good and evil. He promised all the benefits. But he denied all of the side effects. (laughs) And that's what sin does. It will promise you all the benefits. And deny all the side effects. But in the end... It gives you all the side effects and really none of the benefits. At least what you thought would be a benefit will end up being a curse. Makes sense? The Bible, though, isn't a smooth talker. It's a truth teller. It's a truth teller. The the Bible would rather you have a bumpy road that's straight and safe than a smooth road that leads you to death. I mean, I remember one time when I was a kid, they were uh, building... A house back behind our house, you know, construction zone, and I don't know what it is, about a construction zone. But it's better than a playground for a bunch of boys. And there I, brother Shepherd, and when they broke that, when they broke that ground up to lay that pad for the house, and they already had the house, you know, framed in. uh, Man, there's a bunch of dirt, and we would have some incredible dirt clod fights out there. And when you throw that dirt clod and it hits someone, looked like a bomb blew up. Well, for. Strategic advantage, I climbed up on top of the roof of that unfinished house. Well, you know, they're throwing dirt clods up there at me. So guess what's getting on that roof? Sand. Guess what that sand does to friction? It reduces it. And so I'm up here just throwing away, man. I've got the, the aerial advantage on them. And next thing you know, as I'm throwing, I found myself going, Shh, I'm sliding down that roof. So would you rather be on a smooth road to hell or a rough road to heaven? That devil greaves that road up for you and make it so easy for you to die. So easy for some aspect of your life, like your marriage, like your peace, like your family relationship, to die. The Bible though will tell you the way things really are. A strange woman or a strange man will make you feel real important. They'll tell the man his muscles are big. They'll tell the woman she's beautiful. They'll tell you that you deserve better than what you have at the house. And they'll encourage you to be unfaithful. They'll tell you things that you really want to hear. And things that you probably may not be hearing from your husband or wife at the time. And make you feel real special. But if they really cared about you. They wouldn't be trying to destroy your family. They're selfish. Solomon said the strange woman is a woman. Verse 17. Which forsaketh the guide. Of her youth. The the Greek word translated guide here. Has the idea of being a noble. Male companion. A noble. Male companion. In fact this Greek word. Elsewhere in the Bible, and a few other places in the Bible, is simply translated as friends. But most of the time, it's translated to mean a male leader. You know, in the in the Old Testament, when it talks about the people of Edom, it'll say, this was Duke so-and-so, this was Duke so-and-so. That's the same word translated here as guide, a duke, a male leader. And a male leader in the family is the husband in ephesians 5:23 ephesians 5 verse 23 it says the husband is the head the leader of the wife even as christ is the head the leader of the church so i believe this word guide here is referring to the woman's original husband whom she married when she was young And by this, Solomon is driving home the wretchedness of this strange woman. She's strange to you, Solomon says, because she belongs to the man she said her marriage vows to when she was young. And now she has forsaken the man she has committed her life to when she was young. And the word forsake here means to untie yourself from something. The Bible says the the, the the wife is bound, bound to her husband as long as he what? As long as he lives. So what does she do? She's untied that knot and just kicked herself free. When she was young, she bound herself to her husband in marriage, but now that she's older, she has you untied herself and Forsaken her husband. Now she's chasing somebody else. And in verse 12, Solomon spoke of the man that speaks forward things. But now he speaks of the woman who speaks smooth words. She leaves her husband and flatters another man. Maybe she would have been flattering to her husband. <laughs> things would have gone a little bit better. I believe the reason Solomon is using the, the woman here as the primary example is of talking about a man that leaves his wife and flatters a woman. Of course, he talked about the man as the culprit uh, by speaking perverse things because a man's usually more bold to go out and just stomp over uh, God's word like that. But uh, I believe the reason he's talking about the woman here as the primary example is because the woman is most likely to abandon the spouse in the relationship. She's most likely to abandon the husband when she's older. Did y'all know, and this is not an opinion, this is just fact, that women initiate seventy percent of the divorces in the United States. Seventy percent. And studies show that women are usually happier after the divorce than the man is. The man's usually heartbroken and he never really completely gets over it, while the man usually has more money after the divorce that that's the actual statistic. The woman's happier, the man's better financially afterward. It's kind of kind of strange animal. But there's something that happens in in many people but especially women when they reach their midlife. They begin feeling dissatisfied in their marriage. They begin feeling dissatisfied with their status in life and with the fact that they're aging. And so, to combat this, they'll often try to recreate themselves. Anyone ever see anybody do that? Yeah. They'll try to recreate themselves, reclaim their youth, and oftentimes they'll they'll start fixing themselves up, maybe wearing more makeup, losing weight, kind of rebranding themselves, you know, rebranding themselves. They'll go out and try to find a new man. And oftentimes she will end up getting with a man that some other woman was dissatisfied with, and she lost weight and fixed herself up and left him. I mean, it's just nonsense, it's ridiculous, and it's very wicked in the eyes of God. Solomon says she forsakes the husband of her youth, look back in your text, and forgetteth the covenant of her God. Marriage is a covenant of God that binds one man and one woman. Until they are naturally and providentially parted by death. It's a covenant of God because God is the one who binds that man and woman together. That's why Jesus said in Mark chapter 10 verse 9. He said what therefore God hath joined together. Let not man put asunder. One modern version translates our text tonight this way. It says... She married when she was young, but then she left her husband. She forgot the marriage vows she made before God. And Solomon says, hey, fella, this woman is not someone you need to be married to. It's someone you need to be delivered from. Same way with the wife. Hey, woman, this guy is not someone you need to be married to. It's somebody you need to be delivered from. It's disgusting to me when I hear people who were unfaithful to their spouses thanking God for giving them a new spouse. Absolutely disgusting to me. God didn't give you that new spouse. It'd be like Adam and Eve departing from the road God gave them to travel, taking the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Eve taking a selfie together, posting on Facebook and saying, "We praise God for this new fruit He gave us today." Jesus told us to, to, to you know, to always pray for our daily bread, and they, you know, and they're all happy about it. And all the people comment, "Praise the Lord! He's so faithful to provide." God didn't provide that. God denied that. And so when someone is in marriage and they depart from that route, they break their solemn vow to God, to their husband, and they go off and and obtain something by departing from the road God gave them to travel. That's not something to celebrate. God did not give that to you. He denied that. He didn't provide that. So don't blame God for your unfaithfulness to your spouse by leaving them for another man or woman. God doesn't bless us with other people's spouses. He delivers us from other people's spouses. And for men and women who, like the forbidden fruit, don't belong to us. If you're not married... You still are not to go out with a man or woman that doesn't belong to you. If they're strange to you. And the person who's not strange to you. Is someone who's known to you through the marriage covenant. So if you're single. If you're married and you depart from the road to take a woman that's not yours. That's adultery. If you're single and you depart from the road to take a woman that's not yours. Outside of marriage. That's fornication. That He delivers us to keep us from taking something that doesn't belong to us, that's strange to us. How would you like it if God, I'm speaking to you as a Christian now. How would you like it if God, after making a marriage covenant with His church, you realize that's what we have as a church, right? We're in a marriage covenant with Christ. That God has joined together, therefore man cannot put us under. right? So we're in a marriage covenant with Christ. Christ is, is the, the, the groom. The church is His bride. So how would you like it if God, after making a marriage covenant with us as a church, and promising, praise God and His Word, to be united to us forever through Jesus, were to suddenly decide to run out on us and abandon His promise to raise us from the dead and deliver us from hell? Take us to be with Him forever. How would you like your heavenly husband... To break his vow to you. I think you all would agree with me that you would be devastated. You wouldn't like it one bit. So I say all that to say this. Keep your vow to your spouse. Just as you expect God as your groom. As your spouse. To keep his vow to you. When you leave your spouse... Your children will never be able to go to mom and dad's house for the rest of their lives. And you will rob them of the stability they need to experience as your children. When you leave your spouse, you destroy God's picture of the permanence, the unshakable permanence of His salvation covenant between Jesus and His church. Which the marriage is supposed to be a picture of. When you leave your spouse, it will never be the same again. Weddings, funerals, birthday parties, functions for the grandchildren will be awkward for the family until you die. When you leave your spouse, you make yourself a covenant breaker. It doesn't matter what society accepts. It doesn't matter what the courthouse declares. They're all going to be overruled one day. Marital unfaithfulness causes wounds that will never truly heal this side of heaven. You can take that to the bank. With that, we'll go ahead and close. Solemn words try to keep you from exiting off to lodge in a strange place that does not belong to you. Whether a strange woman or strange anything else. Father, we thank You so much for Your precious Word. God, we love You. Oh, thank You, Lord, for giving us Your paths. Thank You, Father, for putting up signs on those exits like that that say, Wrong way, do not enter. That's what you're saying. Wrong way, do not enter. Thank you for caring for us, Lord. Help our hearts and minds embrace your word tonight. Hold it fast, Father, until Jesus comes again. Deliver us, I pray, from the enemies that seek to destroy our lives.